Today on Next Level E-Commerce. In a disconnected world, all that matters is connection. What 2020 has shown in really, really explicit detail is that relationships are the only way to win. We watch people cancel Netflix and stop streaming. We watch people choose loyalties based on who cares the most and who has a stance of like, we care about our customers and we help them. You're listening to Next Level E-Commerce. Each week, we feature inspiring stories from entrepreneurs who have taken their business to the next level. They share successes and failures and what kept them going when they felt like giving up. And here's your host, Isaac Smith. What is important? Not what seems important right now, not what's urgent, what is truly important. As we enter the new year, this may be the difference between another chaotic year and the best year of your life. The world is changing. We live in a paradox. We're both more connected and disconnected than ever at the same time. There has never been more opportunity for people like you and me at any point in world history. But with so much comes the critical question. What is important? Where should I focus? My guest today, George Bryant, has his finger on marketing's biggest pulse. He sees deeper into the world of business and e-commerce than anyone I know. And today, we're talking about what's really, really important. In just a minute, George is going to share with us three adapt or get left behind ways marketing will change in 2021. If this is your first time listening, I know you're going to love this episode. But before you get sucked into it, do yourself a favor and hit that subscribe button on your phone so you don't miss the next amazing story. Have you ever experienced this? See if you can paint this picture in your mind. You're in flow. You know exactly what you need to do. You're getting one project done and the next. Each one completed makes progress faster on the next. Your days are exciting. You wake up with energy and purpose. Your vision, your dream, the one you started this whole thing in the first place is coming closer and closer with each step you take. Okay, you got that in your mind? How about this one? You're stressed out, anxious. There are too many things that need to be done. Your mind is racing. Everything seems important. You feel like you're in a fog of to-do lists. You spend your day going from one urgent task to the next. Halfway through one task, you remember something important. I'm using air quotes here. You wolf down a late lunch at your desk because you don't have time for anything else. At the end of the day, you're a frustrating mess. Some tasks got done, but you didn't actually get anything important accomplished. You started this journey because you had a dream. It was coming closer in the beginning, but the last weeks or months, it seemed farther than ever. You work more, later and later at night, trying to cram more in, but it doesn't help. You carry this frustration into your personal life. When you're with your friends and family, you can't stop thinking about that one thing at work. You, you know the one, right? This isn't what you started this journey for. Okay, you got that in your mind. 
Have you experienced either of these situations? I'm guessing you can relate to pieces of both. I know I can. So here's the good news. No matter which situation you're in right now, you have the power to turn it around. All it takes is some thoughtful planning and determined action. That's it. Easier said than done, I know. That's why I'm hosting a free live event in the second week of January that you do not want to miss. It's called This Is Your Year. This is a highly focused guided event to get you a specific result. And that is to help you transition from a chaotic and maybe highly profitable 2020 to the best year of your life. We're going to help with mindset, setting vision, goals, and accountability. And this result will be mental clarity, a vision with a direction and a belief that you can achieve it so that you can go out and take purposeful action to achieve your goals. Kind of like the first scenario that I was describing. We're going to have workshops with guided exercises to help you analyze 2020 Set your plan for 2021, set your habits, and take action. We'll have guest speakers with live Q&A, a community to meet other people just like you, and a heavy dose of accountability. Does that sound amazing? And we're going to have some of the best speakers ever assembled for a year planning event. I'm not kidding. We really have gone above and beyond for this event. To kick it off, we have Elliot Row. He's a mindset coach that helps the best of the best perform on demand. He's helped people succeed like Mike Dillard, UFC bantamweight champion TJ Dillashaw, World Series of Poker champion Scott Bloomstein, Olympic speed skating medalist Lana Gehrig, and on and on. And that's just to start. Next, we have Bree Sodano who teaches business owners to keep more of their money. And no surprise, a lot of it comes down to your money mindset. Your money mindset is holding you back from making a lot more. I know mine is. She's going to help you wrap your head around money in a healthy way. And we have Mad Singers, the management expert who helps people make more money while working less. We have Danny Carlson, who's going to share a simple way of planning your year. John Warren, my go-to for e-commerce marketing and the coach who first suggested that I get out of a business that was making me unhappy. Is this amazing? How much have you seen people pay for events this powerful? I know I've paid $2,000 for an event that wasn't anywhere near as impactful as this will be. And did I mention this is free? Like, completely free, but it's for one week and it'll be done. So if you've struggled this year, financially, emotionally, if you've felt unfocused or distracted, if you want to make 2021 the best year of your life, I'm not kidding, you need to be there. Okay, here are the details. It's Monday through Friday, January 11th through the 15th. That's the second week of the new year. To register, just go to nextlevelecommerce.co slash your year. Again, that's nextlevelecommerce.co slash your year.
Oh, and I will announce one more fantastic speaker at the end of this episode. So make sure you listen to the end. I am so, so, so excited about this. I, I'm sure that you can tell this is so important to me. I want to see you there. All right. Now we're going to get on with the show. You can find links to everything we discuss in our show notes at nextlevelecommerce.co slash 70. My guest today, George Bryant, is my go-to for business advice. He has a very powerful story, which he told on the podcast in episode 44. I'll have a link in the show notes if you want to check that out. Or, of course, you can scroll back in your podcast player. One of the main things I appreciate about how George talks about business is he doesn't just go into tactics like SEO or chatbots or stuff like that. He takes business from the foundation, and that's how he talks about it, which is why he recoils a bit at my first question. We started this conversation when I asked him, hey, what's the deal, man? You talk about working with all these big companies, but you don't really talk specifically about what you've done with them. And these are big names like Vital Proteins, Onnit, Adidas, Titleist, Men's Health, and on and on. And I'm a curious guy. So tell me, why don't you talk more about this stuff? I like his answers, by the way. And now, please welcome back to the show, George Bryant. You're not the first person. This comes up all the time. My, even my team. Even my team is like, why don't you talk about this? Why don't you talk about this? And it's like, and, and, and just in case you haven't heard the other episode, you don't know who I am, what he's referencing is like, I've helped over 300 companies like really scale at a massive, massive level from, you know, a million a month to a million a day in 14 months, right? And I've helped people go from 10 million to 100 million in a year and a half, right? I've had people go from $40,000 a day to $80,000 a day in six days. And like, so first, like that's the reference, right? And there's this part of me and I'm going to tell you all of it. I'll unpack it for everybody right now. So the first part is there's parts of me that still look back and I'm like, is that even true? And of course it's true. Cause like I was sitting there. Right. But the reason I doubt myself or looking at it is because it wasn't true because it was necessarily something that I did that day or a specific strategy and tactic. And, and all too often People look at like, oh, well, you used email. I said, yes, I did as a mechanism and a tool, but there was something deeper that allowed that tool to be effective. And so when I look at it, I feel like I don't talk about it for a couple reasons. And I'm, I'm, I do a lot of introspective work. You know this. I spent a lot of time working on myself. Number one is I don't like basking in my previous wins because that game is already sailed. Like it's already shipped. The game is over. And there was a part of myself as an entrepreneur that used to carry these things as labels. Like, oh, well, I've done this and I've already done this and I've already done this. And what it stopped me from seeing was what was possible in the future. I would have this filter or this lens of like, well, I've already done it. I'm going to do it the same way. And I started to lose and miss because I was looking at it through this lens of I already know. And, and it's dangerous as an entrepreneur to think that you ever know. And my commitment is to be a lifelong student, a absolutely lifelong student because the only person who gets limited when I go to I already know is me. 
it holds me to that level of understanding instead of the possibilities that I haven't thought about yet. And so if you're familiar with design thinking, there's this concept, it's really simple. We, we tend to have problems or challenges. We're like, hey, we're going to do this launch or we're going to launch this podcast or we need to write this high converting email. And we typically go to, well, what do we do? And what do we do? And when we ask ourselves, what do we do? We limit ourselves to our current paradigm. We look in our toolbox in front of us and we're like, what tools do I have? In design thinking, they tell you to change the question to what might it look like? What might it look like? And so you're like, I want my podcast in the top 100. And you might be like, what do I do? Well, I go on shows and I go and I'm like, wrong answer. Let's unpack it a little bit and go backwards. What might it look like to be there? What would get you there? And you have to create the space to see. And so, yes, I've written emails that have literally recovered 50% of card abandonments and it recovered millions of dollars in one week. And I've used that as a template. But when I apply that to a new company, or to a new product, I don't say this is what I'm going to use. I'm like, what might this look like for this business, for this customer, for this product? And sometimes I'll share principles, but most of the time, there's minute tweaks that make it effective. And so that's number one. That's the number one reason why is I try to practice keeping myself and I have no clue, but I'm going to explore how to figure it out, knowing that in my body and in my being and in my experience, those tools are always there at my disposal. Like my toolbox doesn't get emptied. I've done it. I'm not going to forget about it. But if I go in with this curiosity and then that tool, I can create a massively different result. So that's the self-awareness part of it. I got there because my ego used to get in the way and then I used to get really frustrated, right? You'd be like, George, well, tell me about what you did with that company. And I'd tell you on an interview and then I'd be done and I'd go cry for a couple hours and feel like a failure. Because I'm like, look, I'm not doing it right now. Look, that didn't mm. happen this time. And so it's the same reason champions don't really celebrate the win. Because the win comes as a result of the practice, not that game. Like Tom Brady didn't come back and win the Super Bowl from 31 points down because that day he decided to. For 18 years, every day he decided to come back and win that game. And so the results don't have anything to do with the process that creates them. And so I learned a long time ago that if I maintain the practice and understand that success is just practice, executed consistently, that it keeps me in a better headspace. So that's full disclosure, like number one. Number two, I feel like when I talk about the successes and entrepreneurs listen, it creates the wrong narrative for the wrong reasons that makes it impossible to create the result. Hmm. Because if I get you excited that you can send an email and generate 10 times the revenue, you actually miss the ingredients that made the email generate 10 times the revenue, right? Because that result is a byproduct of the inputs. So you can't just go create an email or a card abandonment you know, series or an ad campaign that right out the gate generates a million dollars out of nowhere. You have to have the raw ingredients, assemble them in a different order that would then create that result. And so what I found myself when I do interviews, when I talk to people, even when I teach my students, I'll tend to like sprinkle it of like, this is what's possible, but then I'll ask questions to help them get there of like what it might look like for them. Because one of the biggest mistakes I see is people compare their before state to everybody else's after state. And then they try to build the after state, but you're missing the levels that are required for it to even be feasible. 
And so like people like, well, when you did that for vital proteins, I was like, yeah, they had an amazing team. We had content. We worked together. I didn't do it. We all did it. I was just the one that came in that saw a different field and a different game and we assembled ingredients. And I was like, so when you look at that company, yes, you can model that company, but don't model them today. Model them seven years ago when they started where you were. What were they doing then? What did it look like? And, and look deeper than the tactics. What were the principles? And I'll tell you from day one, they've responded to every comment on social media. They've literally worked with hundreds of thousands of influencers for free. And so when you look at the result of like, this is what happened to go from X to X, it wasn't because we started over, it's we changed how we used all the ingredients that had been built over time. And so you have to focus on the things that are going to build your foundation to get the level there. And so when I do interviews and someone's like, well, tell me about this time, I can sit here and talk about my highlight reel all day and their highlight reel all day. And nine out of 10 times, it creates reactants and people get further stuck because they're like, oh, I'll never get there or that's what's possible or they have the wrong measuring stick in the filter. Maybe one out of 10 times, it's a motivation of like, oh, this is possible. But then it's like, oh, but then there's always this comparison of like, well, they did it that way. That's how much money they made. They did it there. But like you look at the best basketball players in the world, they're all doing the same drills. You look at the athletes, they're doing most of the same training and the recovery and the modalities. What makes them different is when they realize that all the ingredients are the same, but they're the ones that are in charge of creating a process to make a result. What you're saying is making me think of something that I've been thinking of a lot lately, which is the times when I've quote unquote failed and felt really bad about myself. They've usually come after I've had all these great ideas. I heard somebody say, you need to go do content marketing. And so I assemble a team. We take three months and now we're churning out, boom, content, blog, 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 boom, 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 boom. Like beautiful, but didn't give me the, any of the results that I was hoping to get. Nope. And so like, and then I go, okay, here's, I hear about another thing. Oh, I should do this or that or, and I'd spend like, I spent I, I, I journal so I can look back and, and see all the time that I've spent on all of these things. And I'm not kidding. When I add that up, it added up to over a year in a row of all of these things. And now my business is seems, seems like it's coming crashing down. It was that not actually the truth, but that's what it felt like to me. And one thing that I appreciate about you so much and you know, I'm not just saying this, you know, I, I, I bought your course. I've got, gone through a lot of your content. And what I appreciate about what you do is you don't do that. You, 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 you have, you look at business holistically and you under, you, you show, you can show how these pieces can fit together. And like we were talking about before we hit record, you know, the people who listen to these things that you might say before you learned, you know what, I probably shouldn't talk about this. They're listening to these pieces and thinking, oh, if I just do that piece, but they entirely miss what's underneath all of that. 
And I feel like everybody is missing what's underneath all of that. We're, we're talking about tactics or even strategies, but what holds it up? What's that foundation? Yeah. The one, the one analogy I always like to use, because most people understand cooking, right? Is everybody goes chasing a new process, but they don't have the right ingredients. And I was like, stop trying to have a process. Like you're sitting here telling me you want to cook this meal, but you don't have the ingredients to cook it. And so they go to the strategy and tactic, which is the process. And it's the process that's in the process. I was like, but you have to go to the ingredients and then ask yourself if that's the process that works with your ingredients, with your style. Because here's the thing. I could give 100 chefs all of the same ingredients and only one of them is going to make a Michelin star dish. It's all the same ingredients. It's their commitment to the practice and how they use those ingredients in their way that creates the result, right? And so you look at the quality of the ingredients. And so that's really where we have to understand is like at the end of the day, like I'll tell people all the time, like I have people come to me and I'll keep using analogies of day. Like I'm so mad. Like I want to be Tom Brady. I want to be Tom Brady. I want to be Tom Brady. I quit. And I was like, no, no. I was like, what if you're an amazing football player, just not a quarterback? Like stop trying to be a quarterback. Right, like you're an amazing running back or a wide receiver, defensive end, right? Or like people like, oh my God, I want to be an influencer, but like, no, I'm just too tired, I'm too tired, I'm too tired. And they're like, I'll never be an influencer. I was like, but what are you really resisting? Your message is amazing. They're like, oh, I just hate writing. I'm like, then don't write, record a podcast. Right, everybody goes so far, like there's a new process, there's a new process. And I was like, stop trying to study everybody's processes and look at what you have. What is it that you have that's your message, that's yours? Because in the world of business, you can only innovate on two things, product experience or user experience. That's it. You're welcome. I just solved all of this for you. Like, that's it. Like, what's the difference between the whey proteins of the top 10 supplement companies? Nothing. Just the user experience that they created around it. And they can't copy each other because it has to be their experience. You can't copy them because you don't have the personality, the charisma, the team, the vision, anything that they have to create that, but you have to look at, oh, wow, if they all have the same whey proteins, then what are they innovating on? Oh, they're innovating on customer experience. Like, wow. Well, what if I innovated on customer experience? What would I do? What container could I create? What way could I communicate? How would I want my people to feel knowing that the whey protein is not the solution? It's a bridge to the solution. And then all of a sudden, it starts to make sense. You're like, huh, that's why I have brand loyalty. Their product's not even the best one on the market, but I can never leave because they always communicate with me. They always respond to my comments. Their emails always make me feel better than myself. And you're like, oh, I can do all of that. And so the beautiful part about this is that here, I'll just say it really easy. If you find somebody that comes in your world with a, a course, a program, consulting or coaching, and they tell you that they have a race for you to run, run as far as F away as possible, as fast mm. as possible. Run. Because I can't give you your race. I can help you run your best race. But I watch all these entrepreneurs consume content and follow these people. Like, I'm going to show you the way. I'm going to tell you the race to run. And I was like, you can't run an athlete's race for them. That's like literally training somebody to go to the Olympics then you jumping in when the gun goes off. Not only are you not going to win, you're both going to lose. <laughs> like, 
that's the whole point of the game. Like everybody has to understand and it doesn't matter what your position is as an entrepreneur, where you are in the business, whether you're an employee, whether you're an owner, whether you're a physical product, whether you're a digital product, you have to stop advocating your vision to other people. It's yours and you need to find people that help you stay committed to your vision. Because you and I right now could make a decision right now that we both want to go run a 100K race or we both want to go cycle or we both want to launch a software company. And which one of us is going to win? The one that stays committed to it longer. That's it. Not that like, boom, and then along the way, we're like, we're building it, we're building it and we bring people in that help us navigate blind spots. But they don't change the race. They don't change the game. They don't change the course. They make micro adjustments like, hey, watch out, this is coming. Or you might want to recover a little bit more. You might want to slow down your pace or you might want to speed it up. Or hey, you might want to drink some water before you get dehydrated. But all of those adjustments come when you're running the race. And I watch this all the time and it breaks my heart because it happened to me. One of the other reasons I don't talk about it is because for seven years as an entrepreneur, I wasted millions of dollars on other people's courses and content to learn that nobody could design my vision for me. And really, success is guaranteed with intentionality, focus, and discipline. Focus, this is where I want to go. Or clarity, this is where I want to go. I'm going to make sure that I'm not wasting my time and I'm only doing the needle movers in my business. Only I can record content. Only I can get on calls to be what I want to be. And then I'm going to do it even when I don't feel like doing it consistently. And somehow, magically, I create seven-figure business after seven-figure business after seven-figure business. And it's not because I'm the brightest crayon in the box. It's because I pick up a crayon and I keep using it until the picture is colored in. Yeah. And that's the secret. Because like right now, mm. and like I'm, I, I have a friend that just ran 100K and he's a nutbag. I'm like, there's something wrong with you. And he's like, yeah, but you talk about this all the time and you know you love the pain cave. I'm like, I actually totally do and I kind of miss running. And so I'm not going to go out and be like, I'm a failure because I can't run with Charles. I'm be like, you know what? I'm going to go run a half a mile today. And then another one tomorrow. And then the third day, I might be like, I'm going to do three quarters. And will I get there? Yes. When I'm ready for me to get there. And I might even pass him because he might be complacent at this point and thinking he's made it. So I'm going to go run 200K. He doesn't know I'm practicing in silence to then allow my results to get there. And so it's like, what are the things that we can own? You're a service provider. You help entrepreneurs. That's your gift. Nobody else can help them like you help them. Nobody. Because it's you, it's your vision, the way that you see into their souls, the way that you see their skills and what prevents them from living in those skills. And so you ask yourself, what container can I create that literally every moment of every day, they feel like I have them and they're in momentum and they're unstoppable. Nobody can do that but you. And I was like, so find people, find content, find quote unquote strategies that you can put your ingredients into to get a result. And that is a guaranteed path to success because I'm going to tell you right now, let me just make this really simple. There is no strategy or tactic that can make you a recipe without ingredients. None. Recipes can only go through a process when the ingredients are there. So I don't care that people sell you chatbots and emails and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) If you don't have customers and content, it's not going to matter. Yeah. Makes me think of like, oh, I just need to buy this SEO course and then I'm going to do all this SEO stuff. And yeah. then I realize, well, crap, I don't know how to, 
I don't know how to make somebody convert. So I need to do some conversion rate optimization on the website, put a call to action. And it's like, after that, it's like, well, dang it, that doesn't work. Okay, so what, yeah, like what you're saying totally resonates. Yeah, and that's, that's the thing that I think makes the biggest difference for me is like what, what ends up happening, and I'll just call it out because it used to be me. I knew what needed to be done and I would distract myself from doing it by going to consume other content thinking there was an easier way. No, George, you were fat. You're welcome to lose the weight. You actually have to go sweat a little bit. I don't care what book you read, what diet you take, what supplements you do, you have to move. And we know, like we know, we're like, oh, I'm not making sales. There's no strategy and tactic. Pick up the phone and call the people that didn't pay you and ask them why they didn't pay you. Solve it. Or the wrong people came into my world that were never ready to pay me. Oh, I should probably market to different people. Mm, That one especially. Oh, man. Because here's the thing. I watch people get so upset. My product's not selling. My product's not selling. Like if you make a supplement, and this is what's so funny, let's say you have a whey protein and it's not selling. Are you going to go reformulate the whey protein? No. It's the wrong offer or the wrong audience, not the wrong contents of the offer. And I watch this all the time. Nobody bought it. I'm changing it. I'm launching a new course. I'm looking for something. I'm like, they don't even know what's in it. Why are you changing it? You didn't even unwrap the present yet. I was like, no, you just need to find the right person or the right offer. Right? And so what we tend to do is we go to the things that actually prevent the growth. Right? We go to the things that are easy. It's easy to distract ourselves. It's easy to go consume more content. It's easy to plan to run. It's easy to plan to diet. It's easy to plan to exercise. What's hard is waking up and putting your shoes on and doing it even when you don't want to. Yeah. But that's where the path is. And the clarity comes through that path. And then that's what entrepreneurship is, right? And so it's like you got to focus on the right things. And I'm going to tell you right now, Contrary to popular belief, consumption is not creation because you can only be doing one of two at the same time, one or two at a time, one of the two at a time. So every moment that you're out there consuming, looking for a new idea, everything you're afraid of is actually becoming more true. Instead of creating something different and adjusting it as you go. Like so I here's... Run, you go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, okay. you go. Okay. <clears throat> so you're saying this... And I'm thinking, so how do you figure out what that is? I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I mean, and I have a lighthouse and you know the lighthouse, right? But the yes. whole thing here is really, really simple. If you know who you are and what you want to do, and you know you can help somebody do it, all you have to do is go find as many people as possible that need that thing and talk to them as many times as required until they agree to pay you for that thing. That's it. Like, that's it. And so, like, I hate to blow up your bubble. You've probably paid thousands of dollars for this. You have to identify the race that you want to run, and then you actually have to start the race. Because in each one of those phone calls, you learn something. Oh, I don't want to step that way. Oh, my pace was too high. Oh, I didn't hydrate enough. Oh, don't step there. Oh, I need different running shoes. And then you make adjustments, but you keep running the race. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to ask a, a pointed question. So you, Ooh, you yes. know that I'm in service. I'm in a service-based mm-hmm. business, right? Bookkeeping, 
and teaching people to helping people build their teams. Those two different things. But I'm out of selling physical products. Now, people who are listening are selling physical products. So I'm trying to put myself into back into that perspective. Like, okay, well, either I've developed a product that I'm selling, or I, I know a lot of people are drop shipping and they have like a, a niche, like let's just mm-hmm. say office furniture, for example. Yep. So how do they fit into what you just said? You go out and talk to people until how, how, do, how, if I'm that kind of a person, how do I do this? So the first thing to realize is you're not selling a product. Even if I'm selling a, I have a standing desk in front of me at which I happen to be yeah, sitting and ben, at. And ben, and ben sells standing desks, but Ben is not selling a standing desk. Ben is selling a solution to somebody's pain point that gives them an after state that the standing desk helps them achieve. And this is where people need to start to understand. I'm not selling a whey protein. I'm selling more energy, better sleep, a better body, more strength. The whey protein is a vessel to get them there. And the reason that people lose this game is they try to sell feature benefits. Feature benefits are not what keep people going. They are using your product or your service to achieve something that is a feeling or a belief. And so you can never have success by trying to tell somebody, like, if you don't want to buy a Honda, I do not care how many times I tell you what colors or what features are in it, you're not going to buy the damn Honda, right? You're not. You're not. And I was like, but that's what most people would say. If I told you, and literally, if you were looking for a car and you were looking for gas mileage, but would help you commute faster, be able to spend less time in the car, be less in less pain, have less back pain, and have more safety for your kids, you'd buy a Honda. And there's a big difference. There's a big difference. Like on it, use on it for an example. They were a client of mine, right? On it doesn't sell supplements. They sell human optimization. Mm. Vital proteins does not sell collagen. They sell healthier hair, skin, and nails. By the way, I'm going to interrupt. I walked downstairs just a few days ago and I saw a container of vital proteins, collagen on the counter. And I looked at my wife and I, do you know, I, I know somebody who had something to do with this. <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And their team is amazing. I mean, I hope they listen to this. I love them to pieces. I mean, they are the best. They, the, the thing that made them successful is they actually cared about everybody using the product. They did. They responded to 5,000 comments a day on Instagram. Somehow, magically, the company scales, right? And, and it's like we have to look at these things, but when you have these products or even these services, the guaranteed way to lose is to sell the product or the service, not the afterstate. You have to realize that your product or service is a bridge to get some there. So like you help entrepreneurs spend more time with their family. You help them sleep better. You help them have a bigger impact with less work while generating more income. That's a big difference. You can call me all day and be like, George, I'm going to help you communicate with your team and have a standard operating procedure and a process to increase cash flow. (laughs) And I'm like, bro, get away from me. (laughs) Get away from me. You're like, hey, man, I know your wife's getting pretty pissed at you because you're working late. 
and I know you don't even want to work late, but Branson's four years old and you're going to miss these years soon. I bet you in an hour a day, I can cut three hours a day off your life so you can spend more time with Branson and your wife and she's actually going to be happy. And I'd be like, dude, how much? Yeah. You have to go deeper. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not giving anybody a tactical answer because it requires empathy. Mm-hmm. It requires connection. It requires self-awareness, even with a drop shipping product. Because if you have any way to advertise that product, any way to touch that customer, you still have to understand this. And so what it requires is us to understand what our customers or potential customers are going through on the other side. That's it. And when you get there, go deeper, right? Like we'll, I'll use a pet rock for an example. Everyone's like, oh yeah, well, you're just selling a pet rock. I'm like, that's a perfect example that you don't sell a rock. They sold the afterstate, which was having a funny pet that had no maintenance, that was a humor piece that got people to laugh and talk about it and did multiple seven figures selling a rock with an effing smiley face on it. Like yeah. the examples are written around us, right? And so it starts there. But then once you understand that, then you have clear and consistent messaging because now you understand that the product is just a tool. And if you understand the after state, well, then you know the offer to create, right? So like selling a standing desk, you can sell a standing desk or you can relieve somebody's lifelong back pain permanently. What if you didn't have to take another medication, use another cream or see another doctor and your back pain was gone forever? What if I could cure your back pain without you realizing it? What if working eight hours a day made your back feel better? And now all of a sudden they're like, what? Yes, I'm in. I, they don't even know I have a desk. They don't even know I have a desk, right? And so it starts there. And so you have to know the state of which your product is helping somebody achieve. And then once you know that state, you then have to ask yourself, well, who is that person that needs to get to that state? And then now you have a very clear offer and audience. And then if you're clear that that's the right audience and the offer doesn't work, we'll change the wrapping paper. What if I could help you lose a pound a week by just changing your desk? <laughs> what if you would get 16% more effective work in the same amount of time by changing nothing? Like what? I'm like, oh yeah, studies show that there's a neurological impact that when you stand, you're more focused and attentive because you're not as comfortable in the chair. And we found that you have a 16% increase in productivity by just using a standing desk for one hour a day. Like it's easy. You just have to figure out what it is that's there. So that's where it starts. But that's not by like putting a smiley face on an ad. That's not yeah. by being like, well, I'm going to use this tactic and I'm going to spam them and follow them. It's getting, them timer. In, <laughs> yeah, it's getting them enrolled in the vision because you have to remember the only purpose of a website, like of a PDP page, if you're on Shopify, like a product detail page, or a listing on Amazon is to get the transaction. That's it. All of the work should have been done before they got there, and then the work is continued after they're complete. Mm. It is literally just a door. Like, I don't there want you, you on my PDP page. I don't want you on my website. I want you utilizing my product or in your life using it so you can tell everybody else. Like, I don't want you to click on an ad and then have to convince you. I want you to click on the ad and be like, give me the least path of resistance to having this product and getting my money. That I think is very key what you just said because 
as I'm listening, I'm putting myself back in the old e-commerce business owner thinking like, hmm, now how do I put this on the product page? But you just said that work needs to have been done before they ever see the product page. And that is kind of a call to, for, for old me and for current me, is almost all of us only focus on the very bottom of the funnel. We just want the transaction. And that works up until up to a point, right? Because some people are ready for that transaction. And that's why ads and Amazon product pages are there. But we need to do more than just that if we want to grow beyond there. Well, and I think here's, it's a deeper question, right? So like, here's the thing. And I'm just going to call everybody out, right? I got all these people that, it. that they're like, George, I want to build a, a $10 million business. I want to have a legacy business. I want to, I want to have this business paying me in 15 years and doing nothing. I want to sell this business in four years, right? But yet they're doing actions that are measured in days mm. and expecting a long-term result. And it's literally like being like, I want to run a marathon. And then every step, changing your cadence, changing the direction, changing your shoes, and expecting to finish the race. And you can't. You have to be congruent. You have to focus on the right things. I'm going to tell you right now, you might want to exit in three years. Good luck exiting with customers that never hear from you and don't use your damn product. So do not try to go get more customers before you can feed the ones that you already have. Like most people listening to this, if yeah. you've had 100 customers, you have 25% revenue lift on the back end of your business. I guarantee you, right? Because then they're like, how? I'm like, has every one of those customers that bought your product utilized it and achieved the result? And they're like, well, I don't know. I'm like, well, what would it look like to be able to know or to sleep at night to know that they did? And they're like, oh, well, we would have to email them. And I was like, oh, what would you email them? <laughs> Oh, well, we would do, we'll do this. And we're like, okay, well, what would you say? And they're like, well, we would do this. And I was like, did you know that 93% of marketing is word of mouth and somebody can only market your product when they've completed the journey that was promised? You probably have 400 new customers waiting once somebody actually completes this journey and you ask them to sell your product. So no, don't go market your product and be like, I'm going to bring you home and then you're going to get into my house and starve. Like you have to focus on the right things and the right things are not linear. They're not, I'm going to do this right now and have this. Like, you're like, I want long-term customers, but I'm going to treat them like transactions. Patients, containers, right? Like, name me one unicorn that was born overnight. None. Like, you're like, oh, here's their overnight success. I'm like, I've been watching them for 21 years on 20 failed startups for that 21st one worked. And it wasn't that company, but it was all the lessons and principles and consistency and relationships and team building and culture that got them there. And then they learned if they focused on the right things for the right reasons that it would work. And I say this to people all the time. Instead of asking, how do we sell more? Ask yourself, why might people not be buying more? Right? Like I think about this and you're like, okay, cool. You have a converting product. You have a converting offer. You've had a hundred people that bought it, right? Then it stopped. Don't ask, how can I sell more? Ask what is missing for more people to buy? Yeah. Cause usually we go on to another product, 
You know? Of course we do, right? And like we get this all the time. Justin Goff says this when he teaches copywriting. We have people like I'm selling 100 a day. I'm ready to scale to 1,000 a day. And we're like, well, this is what's really funny. If you were ready to scale to 1,000 a day, you'd be there. There's something missing that you're not selling 1,000 a day. And it's not mm. more money. It's more clarity. It's patience. It's a tighter container. It's a customer journey. It's a better understanding. Well, I got to jump in and say something. What you're saying is, is really speaking to me right now because this year has been fantastic in a lot of ways. Just I'm speaking personally. Yeah. And it's also been tough in a lot of ways. And the, th- the ways that it's been fantastic are ways that I've been able to reach out and, and touch people's lives. I mean, I've, mm-hmm. I know that sounds like a, I don't know what it sounds like, but it, it's true. And, it and it's perfect. been incredibly fulfilling for me personally. The ways that it has not been so great is financially. I started a business in January and I didn't know that services were hard to provide <laughs> and that you have to, you, I mean, it's just like, fortunately, I have a partner who has a more of a level head than I do. Because I'm like, woo, up, down, up, down, up, down, bing, 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 bing. But he's somehow been able to keep me like calm and like it's, it's okay to play the long game. Yes. And, and I, can, I can feel that now after having had several months of you know, success in one area. Like we've really done a great job at getting our operations and our systems together. Like... And, and we put the brakes on our marketing because we realized, like you're saying, holy crap, if we just signed on like 10 new people today, we'd we would totally crumble yep. and we'd make people angry. I don't want that. And so like, that's been hard for me personally, because like I sold a business last year and I had, I thought that I would be able to replace that income by this time this year. It's not there. And so that's been tough on me while in the same way, like if I allow myself to be proud of those accomplishments, I've put together this system and this team that now we are rocking. We just don't have the revenue that I was hoping for yet. But if I allow myself to, okay, the next step to getting there is, this yes yeah what what a gift like i know you personally right but like what a gift because you said it what this is what happens with dissonance and entrepreneurs we get frustrated we don't have it but then we realize we couldn't have it and i was like okay well you could and you wouldn't have a business in a month and you'd never have it back or you realize what a gift you have plug these holes create that process so that you can have it six months from now and it's like we have to be honest with ourselves we have to be, right? No matter what it is, like you have to be. Like people are like, oh, and I've had this come into companies where like I want to scale. We scaled and we literally almost broke the company. Turn a couple dials and you're like, boom. And they're like, no, 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 no. Don't ever do that again. I'm like, I told you, right? Or you nailed it. Most companies that scale too fast for the wrong reasons create anti-marketing machines because users have bad experiences and bad experiences are talked about way more than positive experiences. And so every one of those people is like, nope, don't hire him. Nope, it wasn't here. Oh, he let me down. And then they create a bed that they can never sleep in again and they have to launch a new company. 
Mm. Where you are is a gift. It's a gift, right? Like there's a term that's been around forever. It's called Oprah broke. People used to go on Oprah thinking it would solve their business problems. It put most of them out of business. Wow. Crumbled, couldn't fulfill, returns, refunds, didn't have the inventory. It happens all the time. I watch entrepreneurs be like, I have the best offer ever. They go on a podcast and they go out of business three months later. You never hear from them again. And then people are like, so-and-so stole from me. He couldn't fulfill. He couldn't do whatever. And I was like, you cannot scale complexity. Like you look at some of these companies like Vital Proteins. They are a massive, and I mean massive, billion-dollar company now. And most of their revenue still comes from one product. I don't care that they have 200. It all comes from one. And that one product was the only, there were only two products sold for the first three years of the business. Two. You have to earn the right to complicate business. You have to earn the right to make it hard. But it's really, really simple. And what a gift. Maybe you built the team too fast. Maybe you didn't. Maybe what you have is everything that you need. And you're like, wow, yeah, we couldn't take on any more. Well, what's missing? And you're like, well, this is missing and this is missing and this is missing. You're like, oh, well, we don't have the cash flow to hire that. Okay, cool. Well, where is our offer too bloated? Where are we being too codependent? Where are we not having tighter boundaries? Where are we setting them up to fail? And you clean it up and you're like, oh, well, if we bring on one more client with a tighter container, that pays for these next two employees. Great, done. And then we bring on five more clients. Well, that creates the revenue to start marketing again. And then we have the capacity to have 25 clients at this current team at 70% capacity. Man. This is great. Dude, we could talk all day. I want, I, there's one thing that I wanted to talk with you about here. And before we run out of time, we need to hit it. You have your finger on the pulse of a much bigger artery than I do in yep. the world of business and marketing in general, and as well as e-commerce. I know you're involved with a lot of e-commerce companies. You have some of your own. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to just give the floor to you uh, to talk about whatever seems important at this point. So this episode is going to be published December 29th. So this is like end of year, start of a new year. This has been the wildest year any of us have ever known. Mm-hmm. So I guess the question is, multifold, you can take it however you'd like. What, what have you learned uh, this year? And what, I guess, what should people be thinking about? Are there any... Are, is it things that are working right now or is it just in general? What, well, I guess, what are your words going into 2020? Yeah, so, so I'm going to gloat for a minute because I don't celebrate enough. In 2020, my, my takeaway is I told you. I told you that relationships will always beat algorithms. And this has been the year that everybody sees that where everybody's loyalty in the times of stress have gone to the companies and to the brands and to the services and to the products where they've had a connected relationship and people cut ties quick with anyone who didn't care. And we felt it. We've watched it. We've watched it in our decision-making. We've watched it in what we consume. We watched it in what we buy. We watched it with what local businesses we support. Like, did you go to the restaurant where you had a bad experience and they ignored your feedback? Or did you go to the one that made it better and gave you a free dessert and apologized? I'll tell you what, because you said that, there is one Thai restaurant that I 
I love them. They're, you know, the, the guy, I mean, I mean, it's just like, uh, these people need to, to be supported. Thousand percent. We've supported them a lot <laughs> this year. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Like, yes, no, but that's, exactly. but that's my point. What 2020 has shown in really, really explicit detail is that relationships are the only way to win. We watch people go from big corporations down. We watch people cancel Netflix and stop streaming. We watch people choose loyalties based on who cares the most and who has a stance of like, we care about our customers and we help them. And it was a massive magnifying glass for anybody paying attention in business and marketing. You have to look at these things because it is screaming in a disconnected world, all that matters is connection. People will not buy because you have the best product. They buy because you have the best relationship. And that is always going to be key all the way down to the batteries. Your difference between like Duracell and blah, 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 and blah, blah, and I can't even name another brand is based on how they've talked to you, how it's worked, what their marketing has been like, what their messaging has been like. It's all about loyalties. Your difference between buying a product on Amazon versus off Amazon typically comes down to your relationship with the brand. And I can tell everybody listening right now, there are products that you buy that you could get on Amazon but you buy off Amazon because of your relationship with the company. And I want you to pay attention to those things because that's what it's coming. So somebody asked me the other day, they're like, hey, what's your prediction for branding and marketing in 2021? And I wrote it so eloquently and I will read it to you. I have it right in front of me. I said, 2021 is going to continue to see an increased demand for brand depth in relationships with customers and potential customers, an increased time frame." and all decisions around subscribing and purchasing and require consistent and congruent touch points across all channels to solve these needs while benefiting from an increased lifetime value. And so what do I mean by that? It's really, really simple. An increased demand for brand depth in relationships with customers or potential customers, meaning you're not going to be able to build the field of dreams and they just come by. They need to know that you're there to serve them, that you're there to support them, that your customer support is good, that you're going to follow up with your product. Like High Speed Daddy, we have a lifetime warranty on a backpack. We lose our booty when somebody breaks their bag. We lose it. Like We don't have any more margins than that. We don't sell a warranty as an upsell. Like We just offer it, right? But that matters to us right? And so we have that depth and then our potential customers, all of it, right? And so you look at it, it's like, you have to ask yourself like, where can you create more depth in relationships with your customers and potential customers? Where can you do that? Is it in your messaging? Is it in your content? Is it in your follow-up? Is it in your customer service? Is it in the gifts that you send in the mail? Is it in an insert that goes in the box? Is it in an email they get when they buy? Is it, what, what is it? Is it a birthday present? Like you have to ask yourself, how can I build deeper, more connected relationships with my existing customers and with my potential customers? So that's number one. So 2021 is going to scream for it because what's happening is people have hit the brakes. People aren't spending as much frivolously. They're spending it all intentionally. And they're looking at who's going to be here? Who's going to be here? Are you just trying to sell me the next best thing? Or are you trying to help me achieve that goal? And so that's part one. Part two is there's going to be a massive increase in all decisions around subscribing and purchasing, which means you might've been able to run an ad and convert on the second touch point, you're probably gonna be looking at 20. A conversion window might've been five days and now it's gonna be 15 or 25. People are very protective, they're scared, the world has been crazy and it doesn't recover from trauma overnight. There's gonna be a paradigm of like, wow, 
I get to look at this. Can I spend this? Do I need this? Do I have this? And so what we're going to look at is we're going to look at an increased time frame because people are going to be a lot more selective with their intention and with their dollars, right? They're not going to subscribe to as many people. They're not going to follow as many people, but the ones that they do, they're going to go really deep with. And I'm going to ask everybody here, like looking at your habits of 2020, when you had a lot more time or things to consume, did you go searching for new stuff or did you find yourself going deeper with people you had a relationship with? Did you listen to more of that person's podcast? Did you consume more of that brand social? I want to interrupt here for just a minute because it's easy for us to get stuck in what we believe about the world. Yeah. And what I believe about the world is I'm just, I am an optimist and my wife is not. And so we have that, you know, clashing sometimes and and I've, I've moved like, okay, crazy things have happened. I think, yeah, what, what, what is this going to open up for us? Like the opportunity to X, right? And in my mind, I've, we've moved on from all the craziness that's happened this year. But people haven't. And I was talking with my friend Saxon, who's I just interviewed right before you. And he'll be, his episode will be published the week before this. Okay. And we were talking just uh, a couple of weeks ago and he, I told him I'm building a house and I, what shocked me was he was, he took that as like, this is a hopeful moment. Wow. Somebody actually believes there's a future <laughs> and they're building to me. I'm just building a house. I'm very excited about this house, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize that that might mean something to somebody. Mm-hmm. And so I guess what you're saying, people, people are going to need to be, need to feel safe. Yep. And I think still, but this is going to continue for a while. Five years, 10 years. Like there's still, I mean, look at history. There's still people that don't feel safe from being a veteran in the Vietnam war. And we, we tend to celebrate veterans now. I still don't feel safe sometimes being in a, a vet of an OIF, OEF, enduring freedom and, you know, Iraqi freedom. Because there's people that don't like us. Like, we don't live in this world. We're like, oh, we're going to take care of our vets, right? Like trauma, and this is a traumatic world that like has happened for a lot of different reasons, no matter where your position, screams for leadership. And leadership is creating containers and holding space for people to feel safe, which, by the way, is the same thing that happens in marketing and selling. We create containers that make people feel safe to get rid of buyer's remorse, to make them believe they can change their habits, to make them believe they can lose the weight, that their business can be easier. It's no different. It's just amplified. The level of depth required is going to be vastly different. And that's actually a gift because the, the byproduct of that is a massive increased lifetime value. People aren't going to be jumping ship as much. They're not going to be going brand to brand. They're going to be like, I want to go deeper with this brand which means a longer life cycle as a customer and as an advocate of the brand. And that's what's going to happen. And so, yeah, you, you, you have to realize that all of this is true and all of it's going to happen. It doesn't even matter the reality of the world. It ra- matters the reality of humans. And this should be a brand focus anyways. Like everywhere, like I can't name $1 billion business that doesn't communicate with their customers, that doesn't focus on going deep with their customers and isn't consistent with their customers. Like, yes, for me, it's the focus for 2021, but it's been the focus since day one. I'm going to challenge you on that. Good. We've all had experiences with these megalithic companies like 
AT&T or whatever, or if any, any company, any huge company with a terrible customer service experience. Yeah, I um, didn't say just customer service. Uh-huh. How many people bitch about Apple and complain about the price and still buy the phones? And this goes back to my earlier point. They're not buying a phone. They're buying a solution. And so there's a level that they're willing to accept. I don't think that how AT&D does customer service is ideal. No, I think they're dumb. They're a multinational conglomerate company, and I think they're dumb. But the truth is, is my phone's AT&T and my wife's is Verizon. (laughs) And why? Because AT&T solves a bigger problem for me. And I'm willing to accept that that's there. Now, could it be a thousand times better? Of course it could be. T-Mobile nails customer service compared to all of them. I actually have a T-Mobile iPad. And so you have to look at it. And I'm not saying that they're all shining examples, but you can't name me like Tesla didn't get to where they are because people hate driving their cars and they can't get them serviced. There's going to be holes and everything. They're going to be amplified when you get bigger. But then you look at like Zappos and the sad news of the world, if you're Mm. listening, this was a couple months ago, right? But why did Zappos disrupt the market? Because who was number one in that company? Customers. They had a no questions asked return policy. None. Put it in the box, send it back, we'll take it. Put it in the box, send it back, we'll take it. Put it in the box, send it back, we'll tape it. It was always customers number one. Now, did people get the wrong sizes? Did they not like the shoes? Were there other issues? Of course it was. But at the core of it, as they continue to expand, they got acquired for billions of dollars by Amazon because Amazon couldn't build what Zappos built. They couldn't. And so, yes, there's people that lose the path when you get there. But I'm going to tell you right now, just like any company that's out here, that first couple of years of like zero to a million, zero to 10 million was on the phone with customers, over delivering with customers, over customer support. Now, if they lose focus because they get shareholders and they get divested interest, like that's up to them. But then I'll take Thrive Market, who I'm involved with. Thrive Market is a online grocery delivery service for organic foods that when they started had 1,200 products. And I'm like, this isn't going to make it. You should go see their valuation now. You send them an email, they'll still respond in an hour. You miss a product, they'll replace it in your box and they're not getting off of it. They're still a private company and they're up there in the multiple multitudes of high revenue figures. And so you have to look at this. It's never going to be the same. Now, of course, there are going to be companies that don't do it right. Number one, their product sucks. Number one, they don't do, number two, they don't do customer service right. Yeah, we're going to jump ship. But like when you get into that world, like your choices are Apple or what, Google or Android. And so then you have to look at what's out there for their decisions, right? So if you're going to compare a conglomerate, you can't compare it to a supplement company because there's a thousand, you know, just whey protein supplements. There's 10,000 supplement companies, right? You have AT&T, T-Mobile, and Verizon because Sprint and T-Mobile just acquired each other, right? Or they merged, right? So it's like if AT&T is such a problem, well, your only comparison, well, is it worse or is it better than Sprint or T-Mobile or Verizon? And that's where the decision is. And so because of the monopoly at that level, people can't leave unless they go start one else. But when they get down to the level of like under a billion dollars, I mean, there's tons of companies do 100 million, 200 million, 300 million. SaaS companies, software companies, data companies, clothing companies. And because it's not a monopoly, the only way to win is with depth. And so if you happen to be a billionaire listening to this and you're a part of a monopoly, 
that literally is three or four companies. Well, we can help you expand it, but it's not going to apply to you. And that's how I see it yeah. personally. So then the third one is consistent and congruent touch points across all channels. Because now what we have is we're going to see this increased competition for attention, right? New social platforms, new TikToks, new video platforms, new ad platforms. You know, there's this audio one that somebody had me sign up for. Like there's all these apps out there competing for attention, right? And if they're all echo chambers, you'll lose. You have to have consistent and congruent messaging across all platforms. So when they hear you on TikTok, they're reminded of where they heard you on Instagram and they're reminded of when they heard you on Facebook and they all serve as vessels to move them closer to you. But if it's inconsistent and incongruent, it moves them further. And the, the example I give is Nike, right? If you drove by a hundred billboards and one said, just do it. The other one said, maybe do it. One said, I'll do it later. Another one <laughs> said, don't do it. Then none of them would match. They wouldn't be moving people closer. And so consistency and congruency and messaging is the biggest thing that you can do right? You have to know who you serve. You have to know your offer. You have to know your messaging, like your lighthouse, like I teach, right? But that means you have to know it. Your influencers have to know it. Your team has to know it. Your affiliates have to know it. And even your customers have to know it. So they're spitting out the same language and same words to help increase that brand lift, which is the book I would recommend for this is Contagious by Jonah Berger. And you've heard me recommend him a ton. I've uh, read it. It's awesome. Go read yeah. it, everybody. But when you think about social triggers, right? Like the reason that people are here and they do it is like they only share for one of five reasons, humor, credibility, controversy, education, or social status, right? And if you don't tell them what to share, they'll share what they want. But if you tell them what to share, well, they're your marketing machine for you. So consistency and congruency is what matters across the board. Like, cause I can say things like, like right now I'll say it like, Hey, when you buy a pair of Tom's shoes, what do they do? They buy a pair for somebody in the developing world. Do you right? own a pair of Tom's shoes? I do not. Point proven. <laughs> like that, that's actually what I'm talking about. That's actually what I'm talking about in full essence, right? And the same thing of like, you picked the brand, they did it, they nailed it. Like when I say the color, when I say the word college and what color do you think of? Well, I didn't know what collagen was before I started talking to you, but totally the bottle on the, my counter is pink right? Yeah. Isn't it pink? pink? Yeah. Well, pink yeah. for one of the ones that she got, right? But then it's like collagen didn't exist. And one collagen company came on and said, what are the three benefits of collagen? Hair, skin, and nails. So anybody in alternative health that's heard collagen, you ask somebody that uses collagen, they will give you one of those three answers. Is that why you always wear pink shoes and pink hoodies and pink everything? Not because of the branding, <laughs> not because of collagen. Pink has to be my favorite, but I do that because it's a social trigger. Yeah. I've and heard so you like talk you'll, about that. You'll, you'll see it. You'll see it all the time. Like I love pink. It's my favorite color. Legitimately, it's my favorite color, right? But literally every time I go to an event, every time I keynote, I always wear pink shoes. And I'm not George Bryan. I'm the guy that's wearing pink shoes. I'm the guy that's wearing, it makes it really easy to talk about me, right? Because I'm not just a name. They're like, oh, that pink shoe guy with tattoos that talked about caring about your customers, right? And it becomes memorable because people have something to talk about. And so when I say consistency and congruency, you will notice every time I keynote, no joke, pink shoes. You can go find every keynote I've done. It's the same pair of pink shoes. The problem is the company stopped making that color on that shoe. I <laughs> called them. Isaac, I called them and I said, listen, I need this color back. And they're like, we're not making anymore. I'm like, I will buy 200 pairs if you print me a limited run of the color. And they said, no. Because <laughs> they were like 60 bucks a pair. And I was like, can I justify this as a business expense? And I was like, with the amount of money I've closed, 
from having pink shoes. Yes. And they like won't do it. They're like, we might bring it back. I'm like, no, no, listen to me. Like I sell more pairs of your shoes than anybody. I'm not saying their name on purpose because I'm mad at them. (laughs) As another example of an anti-marketing machine, I will tell you that the company I replaced it with is called Nothing New. And they promised me they would never stop making the color pink that I bought. Mm, Wow. It was the first thing I asked that. It was the first thing I asked. I sent an email. I said, I'm going to screenshot this to say this. They're like, we have the ability to print any color. And if you Mm. really wanted it, we would print you a run of shoes, even if we weren't selling it on the website because they own the machinery. Wow. And I was like, and literally my buying decision was, Isaac, I literally was like, this is so important to me. I don't care about the shoe, like this color. And I emailed them and they had a very close color that looked the same. And I said, my biggest fear of coming to you isn't the price, isn't any of it. It's that I'm going to buy these and you're going to discontinue the color. And I use these all the time. They're like, we promise you. And I was like, boom, jump ship. Jump ship. It just so happens the company, nothing new. The shoe is 99.8% recycled. All of it is recycled. All of the whole shoe. It looks like a converse, but it's all recycled material. And so Mm -hmm. I found a bigger social mission to get involved with. But now that other company to however many listeners, none of you are going to know who they are. I'm not going to say it. And I'm still pissed at them. Mm -hmm. And then they lost my business and literally not only 200 pairs of shoes that I was legitimately going to buy my team. I also bought all those shoes for every one of my team members at events in the color of their choice. And like the amount of times I talk about them on my podcast, which has a massive reach, they don't get talked about anymore. (laughs) Hey, I want to go back to something that you were talking about. I forget if it was point number one or number two. Yeah, I know which points they were. Let me have it. (laughs) Well, it made me think of something that I heard you say somewhere else, whether it was in your course or on a podcast or somewhere that I thought, I love this. Of course, you talk so much about the customer journey. Mm-hmm. That's one of your core things. In fact, you, you posted on Facebook today and I commented just a few minutes before we started this and I said, this may be the biggest thing that I've learned from you, which was your, your ideal customers, what I, this my take on what you said. Your ideal customers are pretty hard to find actually, mm-hmm. hard to get in front of. And so what you want to do is you want to take people who will become those ideal customers and bring them along the way. So get them early on. Mm -hmm. So actually, that's not what I wanted to to talk about, but, but it, it, maybe that social trigger triggered something in my brain. But what you said earlier was something about that made me think of all of this communication. I know if you're listening, I'm starting, I, if you're listening, I'm imagining they might, listeners might be thinking, wow, George, this is a lot of work. You know, all the stuff I have to do. And I can feel that way sometimes too. But because I know I've spent so much time in your material, I know some of the things you talk about. One of like, you've given an example like, okay, let's say you need to have so much more contact with your customers. You're like, oh gosh, it's so hard. But you gave an example one time that I thought was just wonderful, and I'm trying my hardest to take internalize that and execute it going forward, which was give somebody a result, get eliminate the buyer's remorse, number one, and give somebody a result. Get, take them on this journey 
after they buy something. So your example was if somebody buys a supplement, maybe they're, they got to make a smoothie or something, you send emails and literally say, I don't use the word literally in speech. You literally say, put this on your counter so it'll yep. be ready in the morning. Yeah. And so like if you take that kind of a mindset, I, I didn't realize I could send an email and say so little. And that almost seems meaningless to me, but that makes a big impact on your customer. Can I tell you my best converting email of 2020? Please. Okay. It was one word. The subject line said, do this or die. (laughs) No, no, I'm serious. It It went out to a lot of entrepreneurs. The subject line said, do this or die. And I wrote one word in the email and it said, breathe. Hmm. Single-handedly, my best open, clicked, and responded to email of my entire year. Mm. I just want everybody to let that marinate for a minute. How many times have you wanted to read an email, opened it, and then been upset that it was too long and you didn't have time? How many times have you been excited about something but you couldn't have it because it interrupted your day because there wasn't space for it? We tend to think that people who will consume our content or buy our products don't work, don't have kids, and don't have a life, and that they can spend eight minutes at a time reading our emails that we vomit on a page that don't help them, and they're more about our ego than them. They're all overcomplicated. Every time I read an email, what would I text my best friend? If my friend texted me and said, hey, how do I use this? I'm like, oh, just put it on the counter tonight before you go to bed so you don't forget. Hey, what's the best recipe to make with this? Oh, just throw a banana in with a half a cup of almond butter and the scoop. Enjoy it. Let me know when you make it. Like literally, you have to look at what we would want. We have endowment into the current way that we're doing business, into our current life, and we want to be different, but we haven't created space to be different yet. Like we might want to lose weight, right? The biggest thing isn't about going to work out. It's creating the time. Right. And so getting somebody and then emailing me, hey, here's a 22 thing in your calendar. Well, you just made them fatter because they're not going to work out. They're going to be resistant to it and it's not going to work. But on the inverse, if I understand that most of my clients are starting to run for the first time and they've never run before, all I have to do is send them a really short email. So all I want to do today is go for a hundred meter run and then celebrate your win. Mm. And so what we have to understand is that nothing was created overnight and nothing has changed overnight. We tend to make it harder for our customers to achieve their goals because we try to shove it all down their throat. And so the way that I do this is really, really simple. Like if you come to me, you're like, George, I want to double my business. I'm not going to tell you everything to do. I'm going to tell you the one thing you need to do today. And then you're going to come see me tomorrow. Not only does it make me more effective and more efficient, it almost guarantees that you do it and you win. And then tomorrow, if you're like, hey, I haven't done it yet, I'm like, well, I figured out why your business hasn't doubled. And then I'm like, great, go do it. Go do it. Go do it. Like there are stages of things that have to happen. People want to be led. They want to be taken on a journey and they need to be guided step by step by step. That also means that it's this beautiful thing. Like, can you imagine wanting to go to a restaurant and wanting to eat dinner? And you're like, oh, I'd like a table for two. And then the woman just says, okay, and stands there and waits for you to tell her where you're going to sit. You guys will just be standing there nonstop. It's surrounded by us. Can you imagine pulling your car into the dealership for service? 
and they don't have any signs, they don't have any notices, they don't have any protocol, and you just pull it in, you just wait. And they're waiting for you to come get them, waiting for you to go into the counter, waiting for you to diagnose the problem, waiting for you to put your input into the machine. Structure creates container that allows people to take the journey. Stop trying to do everything overnight. Create a journey. Create a journey. Somebody buys your product. You can tell it's the first time they've ever bought your product. I don't care if they bought a similar product. It's your world. Help them make a habit with the product. The biggest enemy of a business, especially a physical, both physical and service, is not that somebody doesn't buy, it's that they buy and don't use it. And it's like, well, cool. Well, why would somebody buy my supplement and not use it? Oh, maybe because they bought it and I never talked to them again. And it became shelf help in their cabinet. Right? And then now I'm creating an anti-marketing machine. The problem is once I realize that it's too late because the interest is compounded and I have a thousand customers who have never used my product that will never buy it again. And so, yeah, I'm going to say this because you said this earlier, like, oh, there's so much to do. No, go get a damn nine to five. If you want to be told what to do, go let somebody else pay you to tell you. If you're going to be an entrepreneur and you want to run a business, there is no easy button. There's a focus button, but like anything, if you want to go run, you can't hire somebody or have a strategy that makes running easier until you run. Like all of this, it's easy, it's simple. You have to love what you do so it doesn't feel like work because it's a workout. We stretch every day. Like I feel like my day, I burn 2,000, 3,000 calories just working. Like I feel that. Like I look at my step counter when I'm doing my events and I've walked 22 miles in 10 hours inside of a room based on my steps. Like it's mind-blowing to me. And I'm sure some of that was me waving my arms, but like uh, on average, six, seven miles a day when I'm doing a consulting day, like I love what I do. Like I own it and I do it, but the reason I can do it is because I love it. It's hard. It's hard. Like, yes, I make a lot of money. The amount that I have to pour of myself out to create that is mind blowing. Every time I go into a company, it's like turning the Titanic, depending on how big the team is. Because what they were doing got them to where they are, and I see the path to get them to double, but what they did isn't going to get them there. I have to unwind every belief, every strategy, every process, every team member, every dog, every wife, every husband, every personal problem to figure out how to give them the best race to run to guarantee that they win, and I have to hold that space for three days. And then I have to know that when I'm done and I hit go, that they're going to finish the race without me watching. Like, yeah, so... Was it easier making less money? Yeah. Was it as fulfilling for me? No. It's hard. I come back from three days with companies and I don't talk to anybody for three days. Hmm. When I finish a mastermind event, I go in silence for seven days. Not even my family comes. I go on a seven-day trip by myself. No Hmm. electronics allowed. None. I don't call my family. I don't do any of it. I go. I have to decompress. Like, you make a four-day event with 100 entrepreneurs and you are committed to changing their business, it's hard. Every fear, every bank account, every kid, every broken thing, every product that doesn't work, everything comes up and you hold space for it. But that's where the most rewarding stuff is. Right? Like, and so what I think about is like somebody's not buying my diaper bag. Somebody's becoming a better father. 
And in that, he might struggle. He might have anger issues. He might resent his dad. And we get to help him through that while he wears our backpack every day. Like when I sell somebody a supplement, I'm like, I'm helping create longevity in their life so they can be here with their great-great-grandkids. So they're not bedridden. So they're not using a walker. And I'm like, yes, well, I do everything in my power to make sure I do that. Yeah, I don't consider them touch points. I consider them a gift. And it just so happens when you think that way, you're rewarded handsomely, monetarily. And so, yeah, there's a big way to play that game. That's awesome. And I think I'm batshit crazy. I'll just be really (laughs) That is true. (laughs) I'll own it all day. Well, I think that's a great place to wrap up. Like it's, it's a, it's a beautiful, it's hopeful and it's also calling us out. Like yeah. y- you guys, you need to, you need to level up your efforts, your mindset, your willingness to do the work and willingness to do hard work. And like, I'm listening and I'm like, I, I have that feeling of like, yeah, of being called out, but like, okay that's how it's going to be, bring it on. So it's going to be hard, but we don't have to let it be overwhelming. We just have to, like you said, go do that one next thing mm-hmm. and then come back, do the other next, do the next, next thing. That's it. That's it. Like I'm going to, I'm going to tell you right now, like, here's the thing. You go find anybody you idolize, any entrepreneur. I don't care if they do customer service well or not, but the person who built the vision and they ask you like, Hey, how did you get here? They're going to be like, I worked every day. There wasn't this stagnation. There wasn't this stuck. It was like, I picked one thing every day and I did it. And their level of obsessiveness and time might dictate the results and amplify it. But like literally it's by running the race every day. Like you have an amazing company. You have an amazing team. All of you listen to this, yourself included. What's the one thing that you guys can do today to create space for another client? What's the one thing that you can do today to make your process more efficient? What's the one thing you can do today to over deliver with less time? And if you do that every single day, that's at least 365 positive steps that guarantee your success. Awesome. We got to wrap this up. One thing I want to point, like this is the end of the year. It is. New Year's is coming up. If you're listening when this episode publishes, is a day away, two days away. New Year's Eve, this is it. This year was crazy. And I want you, you guys have a little compassion on yourself for yep. not, for whatever happened. If you got caught up in something, forgive yourself and know that that's okay. Whatever 2020 was, you can make 2021 whatever you want it to be. And so with that in mind, I'm going to be hosting an online event. It's going to be a week long, five days in January. We want to make 2021 your best year ever. And it doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't happen by just continuing to go do the things that you have been doing. Like George has said several times, what got you here does not get you there. And especially if you got caught up in this year's craziness, the chaos, don't allow that to take you into next year. And so in January, we're, we're going to have an event to help you set that vision, set your goals, review the 
this last year and find out what worked and what didn't. And we're going to give you some direction. You're going to give yourself some direction, but we're going to provide a framework and send you out, give you some accountability. And so you can have the best start and continue that into the next year. I'm going to be hosting it. We're going to have some special guests. I talked with George just before we hit record. He's been gracious enough to come join us there. So if you liked what he's been saying and, and the, the, the core of what he's been saying, we're going to get to the core of your next, making, your, making 2021 your best year ever. Thank you for listening. So George, where can people, I know they're like, they're really amped. I am ready to start learning more, taking action. Where can they come find more about? <laughs> and he's yawning while I'm, I'm, I'm yawning. I was like, oh yeah, that was a good one. No, the best place is always at a really easy place for you to remember. It's mindofgeorge.com, www.mindofgeorge.com. It'll link to the podcast, a link to my free trainings that we help you with. No email required. It'll help you to the Facebook group, which we give you free trainings and to help you but go to the website to pick your path. Make sure that you have you know, a clear intention for why you're coming. If you want to listen to the podcast, grab it. It's on all your platforms, but it's all at www.mindofgeorge.com. Awesome. And guys, I don't say things that I don't mean. George's podcast is phenomenal. You need to listen to it. I've learned so much from him through talking with him. An earlier event that we did this year together in his, his Facebook group, course like seriously go check out the podcast at least join the facebook group there's a lot to learn in there and that can all be found at mindofgeorge.com is that correct yep mindofgeorge.com okay thank you george so much i appreciate you brother we'll be of course thanks for having me man a big big thanks to george for sharing so much and providing so much value to us Now, if you have learned something that has shifted your perspective or something that you're going to be thinking about over the next day or two and make you think about your business in a different way, there is so much more at the event in January. You really, really do need to be there. George is going to be there. He and I and the other phenomenal guest speakers are going to help you make 2021 your year. So just go to nextlevelecommerce.co slash your year to register. This is completely free. It's going to have a huge impact on your year, your business, and your life. You need to be there. Just go to nextlevelecommerce.co slash your year. And I'll see you there. Thank you for listening to Next Level E-Commerce. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss out on the next story.